1: For the cheeseheads who want it fresh and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we just got done with the 2023 NFL draft. It feels like we've been talking about the draft and thinking about the draft and doing mock drafts for the last two, three months. And. Now we know who our next uh, batch of Packers are. It feels kind of surreal. We do all this study and this prep. The draft lasts like 72 hours. (laughs) And then we go back to looking at the draft for next year. But we have 13 new prospects to talk about, a very large class. I don't have any facts, if that's the largest of all time. But it feels like it should at least be in contention for the, the largest Packers draft in the common era. So well done Goody and staff but Perry what were your I guess just holistic thoughts on the draft before we break this down by day and player
1: so just looking at the draft as a whole I think the Packers absolutely crushed it and that's not even a homer take I feel like I could very easily say some negative things about the draft and have in the past but I just think they got great value at on all three days they grabbed players that they needed but also, like, didn't reach for anybody crazy, except if you want to talk about Sean Clifford, which we will. And, oh, we will. <laughs> uh, we will. And they just did their thing. You know what I mean? People have a lot of thoughts about the way the Packers draft, but like, this was just such a Packers draft, right? They love their freakish, like, moldy, moldable, like balls of clay in the first round. They're not gonna, they have premium positions that they like. You and I have preached this for the last two months that we've been covering the draft. We always say the Packers don't reach for certain positions in the first round. They like high ceiling athletes. They did that. They grabbed their, you know, new weapons for their young quarterback day two. And then I think they got a bunch of really, you know, nice guys on day three for, their needs and their value right day three is kind of just like throwing darts at a dartboard and seeing what happens but I just like all in all think they did a fantastic job and I'm really excited to see which of these guys are going to make you know immediate impacts and how they're going to develop
2: yeah I mean this felt like such a Packers draft and you know we had said on this very show like if you had to ask us what our opinions were going to be or what the pick would be night one it would be an edge rusher. That's just the premium pick that Goody seems to value more than just about any. When Christian Gonzalez was on the board, it was a little bit tempting. I I thought maybe we could see, uh, see some change there, but no Luke Van Ness. We'll get into him in just a second. I, I thought that this draft was phenomenal. You know, we'll talk about some maybe questionable choices in the, the, the end of day three, but it's like you said, at that point you're kind of just prioritizing guys that you know could come in as undrafted free agents but you want to make sure they land in your camp and not someone else's camp so if you spend a pick you spend a pick and goody had 13 picks to spend so all right let's get things started with the 13th overall pick in the 2023 nfl draft the packers stayed put a lot of speculation that they might move around and they took iowa's lucas van ness on Thursday night, initial thoughts, initial impressions, Perry, when an edge rusher came off the board to green Bay. So
1: a couple of thoughts, one being i was surprised the Packers stayed put. Um, the board fell really nice for them on day one. And they very easily, I think could have traded back and gotten some more draft capital. They ended up doing that in day two instead, but I was surprised that they stuck at 13 And they had a, like I said, the board fell super, super well for them. And they had a lot of options. You already said it. Christian Gonzalez was there somehow. Um, They had JSN, which I know Packers fans were like pounding the table for there. Um, He actually didn't end up going for another like 10 or so picks. So didn't do anything too hasty. Um, And, you know, I mocked Miles Murphy in ours. He was still there. He got picked at the end of the first round. So they just like had the pick of the litter, but LVN, which I'm now going to call him. No Fair. more then LVN. <laughs> LVN is just the most Packers pick that has ever Packard. Like I said, he has this high RAS. He comes from a big 10 program. He doesn't have a lot of wear and tear. He's only 21. He's got like all these athletic traits and tools. He's just like Rashawn Gary just needs a little bit of refining. And He's just about to go into the perfect situation because he doesn't need to be edge one. He's probably going to only end up needing to be edge two, depending on what happens with Preston. But he's going to now be in an incredible room with a great coach, a bunch of vets and guys who are going to like really kind of mold him into what? he can be. I think he has like one of the highest ceilings of all of these guys, especially the edge rushers. And I think he's got drafted in a position to like kind of meet that threshold. So I'm super excited. And it is a position of need. I think I tweeted this out, but I don't know how you watch the pass rush after Rashawn Gary went down last season and not think that edge isn't a need. I think you can always, always take um, just an edge rusher this high because those are premium guys, right? You're, we got the value, if you will, at tight end and wide receiver on day two, great value, impact players. You're not going to get that kind of value at edge in day two. The, the, when the, where the Packers took is where you get those like kind of premium athletes. So I love it. I'm super excited. He just feels like such, such a Packer. <laughs>
2: He really does. You mentioned already 6'5", 272 had 13 and a half sacks, 19 and a half tackles for loss over two seasons, having not started. So shows you what kind of impact he makes when he's on the field, not as a starter for Iowa. 21 years old, turns 22 right before training camp starts, was a freshman, all American, second team, all big 10 this past season. So second team, all big 10 for not starting, yeah. not being a starter for that Iowa defense runs a four which is terrifying Somebody that large to run that fast. Just everything that Brian Gutekunz covets and loves at a premier position. And we'll get into it when we talk about day two. But it just made so much sense. There are certain positions that he values and will prioritize over all others. And edge, maybe corner, probably tackle, I would say would be the three that really kind of align. And he had options. He had plenty of options at pick 13, but he stayed true took Lucas Van Ness and we're talking about this probably being Preston Smith's last season in green Bay. So you're hoping Rashawn Gary comes back super healthy from the ACL. It sounds like he's on par to potentially start the season, but given the injury history that we've seen from recent ACLs suffered by Packers players, it's hard to bank on that. So thinking about a dynamic tandem of Rashawn and Lucas Van Ness for years to come is really exciting. And I think my favorite part about the selection, um, when I watched some of his like tape and some of his highlights and things like that, it felt very much to me like he could rush from anywhere. He could kind of play that Z role. And then you listen to Brian Gutekunst talk, and unprompted, he mentioned that they can move him around, rush him from inside, outside, over the nose, which I thought was so valuable to the Joe Barry defense. So really excited to have him as an option um, for this Packers defense somebody that doesn't need to necessarily come in and be an immediate impact player, but I think will be given the situation that he's in.
1: I completely agree with that. I think you hit the nail on the head. Doesn't need to be, but will be. And I think because of his versatility and where he can line up along that defensive line, it's also not to put too much on these guys, but when you're taking 13th, you kind of assume there's going to be some level of production immediately. <laughs> and I just think the fact that he is so versatile, it's going to have um, a little bit of like a ripple effect right along the line and allow the rest of the guys to do what they're great at, allow Preston to be himself. I mean, if Rashawn can start the season I God, (laughs) I (laughs) mean, I know he's attacking his rehab the way he attacks everything else. He just graduated from Michigan too. So congratulations John. but you know, I just think Lucas is going to slide in there and they, they lost a couple of guys on the line too. You think about Dean Lowry and, um, Jeron Reed. And while they didn't have maybe the impact the Packers hoped that they would, we all know the kind of player Dean Lowry was, they had meaningful snaps. And now someone's going to have to come in and fill that hole of those snaps that both those players played. And let's be real, Lucas Van Ness is a, while he may not be as refined as you would like he's easily an upgrade i think from both of them in terms of like what he can do especially rushing the passer so i'm really excited about it i think that the line now feels really strong to me some really nice rotational pieces too with slayton and uh, jj anegbare and depth feels a little bit safer and you can maybe get quay walker in there on some blitzes and it's just now seeming like really really fun Um, And I hope Joe Barry enjoys all the tools that he has in his belt.
2: (laughs) I will say uh, the last thing before we jump to day two, I really appreciated that Brian Goodkunst had mentioned, like, you know, the idea with Rashawn Gary, he could have played right away. You know, Goody was like, he could have played more. We could have played him more, but we didn't need him to because we had Zadarius and Preston and Lucas Van Ness feels the same way where we don't know how many snaps he's going to get, but they didn't draft him and say, Hey, he's a project. Every NFL draft pick is a project, regardless of if you're taken first overall or if you're mystery relevant. You are a project when you get to the next level. Like, you you hope you haven't hit your ceiling in college. Like, all of these guys have room to right. grow and develop. So, the fact that I thought it was important for him to say, like, we sh- probably could have, should have played Rashawn more and didn't because we had that room full. So, Lucas Van Ness falls into a really similar category where he might play more than Rashawn did his rookie year, but... Expecting him to be like, you know, this this finished product, it doesn't happen because that doesn't happen for any prospect.
1: Yeah. I think that was such an important thing for him to say as well. It was like such a good soundbite from him because he's right. And I think so much of the draft is projection, right? You said it perfectly. They haven't hit their ceiling yet, you hope, right? If they do, then Maybe they're not, (laughs) you know, maybe they'll be productive, but you're looking, especially at pick 13 for someone who has very much not, and it has more growth ahead of him.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: So recap, <laughs> excited about pick 13. they could probably one. keep talking about it, but will Yeah, we could. <laughs> but then the Packers made a lot of moves in round two. Um, before we go into the individual players' Right, they picked at forty-two. They stuck. This is the pick they got in the Aaron Rodgers trade. Um, they traded back and then picked it, pick fifty, and then they picked at seventy-eight. So I just want to toot our horn really quick <laughs> and say that one, you had Luke Musgrave in your in your mock draft, and two, you had some more players that that they hit, but we'll get there, and then. We also said they will double-dip at tight end, Absolutely. which they did, and they took a wide receiver. So I don't know if we just are good at predicting the Packers' patterns or if they're just really <laughs> obvious with the things they like to do. We'll but take the
2: credit. We'll say that take we're the just credit
1: and say, again, this was just a very Packers-Packer draft. So with pick 42, they took tight end Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. Um, I think Luke was he fell, to me, he fell to 42, I think simply because he was hurt his last season, right? Like this is a guy who could be the best tight end in this class, potentially, right? He has like all, again, the athletic traits and the tools that he could, they could use to deploy him. But he has the injury. And again, he has some refinement to go, but he's a really like high ceiling tight end in my mind with a lot of like, just ability to add to this offense um, in a way that I think Matt LaFleur is probably like scripting up like really specific things for him.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I, I know that it's really easy, like at least with wide receivers and even running backs, like normally their collegiate stats, like jump off the page at you. Like they, you can kind of tell, you know, based on college productivity, how these guys are going to translate into the NFL. The tight end position is not like that. You know, I think he had two touchdowns in college in 34 games. Like that doesn't scream at you that he would go on to be like an elite pro prospect. But he really ha- was very productive with the football in his hands. Really nice pass catcher, which I think the Packers have been missing at the tight end position. You could argue Tonyan did a little bit of that. They're hoping Josiah DeGuara can do more of that. But they haven't had like that true weapon field stretcher kind of seam threat. For this offense in a really long time. And I think that's one of the things that Luke Musgrave can bring. Really interesting. You know, maybe it's the injury as part of that. He ran a 4.6140 at the combine. So Lucas Van Ness was faster, which is really scary to think
1: about. No, but seriously, I think it was Andy Herman who did the. RAS scores for LVN if he was at each position he was literally a better, like, he's just a freak athlete. Yeah. He's scored oh, yeah. higher at everything. Um, not to say that that does that to take anything away from Luke Musgraves. Right. Like, really right. Because yes, but I totally agree with you. I see him taking a little bit more time to ease into this offense. Um, I don't know if that's the injury just kind of like playing in my mind, but To be honest with you, you talked about his ability to catch the ball. I totally agree. I'm thinking like seam ball all the way. Just like the Packers offense historically has always been so much more explosive when they've had a really good tight end, like in the rotation, actually catching balls, right? You think about like Jermichael Finley as the ultimate example. Like that Packers offense was absolutely off the charts insane. Even the season that Bobby Tunyon, you know, caught his most touchdowns, like that offense was just elite because they had that tight end option because they're mismatches, right? This guy is ginormous and you can move him around and create mismatches with him. But where I think he's going to have the value, at least in year one is his blocking Yeah, because he is a monster blocker. We know how important that is. It is really looking like the Packers are not going to have Mercedes Lewis back. And while I love Josiah DeGuarra and Tyler Davis in blocking sets, I think Luke Musgrave just, brings more juice to that. And again, that cannot be understated because the Packers are going to need to a give Jordan Love time to get the ball out, and that's, um, you know, not necessarily as quickly as, you know, we're used to with Aaron Rodgers, and b, they're going to lean on the run game. And that's really where the tight ends are going to come in.
2: Yeah, and this isn't intended to like, you know, Belittle any of the tight ends that have come through Green Bay previously, but you can tell that the focus in this draft was to get athletes. Luke Musgrave was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. He had like over a 10 foot broad jump, 36 inch vertical, which is insane for a tight end of that size. I went back out of curiosity to look at the relative athletic scores of Jay Sternberger. It was in the fives, Josiah DeGuara was in the sixes. Luke Musgraves is over nine, you know, like these are elite athletes and you can just tell that Goody knew like they needed to get more athletic and more physical at that position. And do I think Josiah DeGuara can still be a good player for the Packers? Absolutely. Especially knowing how close he is with Jordan love. I think there's a lot of chemistry there, but the, the, the Musgrave pick was, I don't want to call it surprising because I think we thought the Packers would take at least one, if not two tight ends, but it was a welcomed addition, you know, even before wide receiver, because, we knew that it was such a need and I think Luke Musgrave like you said is just such a fit for Matt LaFleur's offense he can kind of play everywhere which LaFleur is going to love
1: yeah I think it's so nice now the Packers have not only a tight end room period but we'll get to Tucker Craft in a second but a tight end room filled with guys who fit very different roles right Tucker Craft is going to be like your typical like why tight end like he's actually who I think is going to have like the most immediate impact of all the rookies, which again, we'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. But <laughs> you have Musgrave in there, like you said, pass catchers, seam balls. And then you have Josiah Deguera, who's more of that H back guy. And now all of a sudden you're looking at three players who fill holes at three very different needs. You can move around, add in the wide receivers, add in the running backs. And you're actually looking at a young offense who, if they put things together, could be really fun,
2: right? We That's don't know. If for a really- long time.
1: Yeah, like I think my favorite thing about just now that the draft is over, because this was obviously going to be something that was true no matter who the Packers drafted, but just seeing this team now, they're so young. Aaron Jones is the oldest player, oldest starter on offense right now. Like This team all of a sudden went from like – look, you're hanging on to Aaron Rodgers and you just want more, one more, one more, hopefully one more. And so you're hanging on to his guys and you're hanging on, you're hanging on. And these guys are only getting older to all of a sudden being like freely young and like flushed with talent and athleticism and maybe need some help getting to that finished product. But I think it's such a 180 from the Packers teams that we've seen in the past few years. It's just like, it's just so exciting. Um, to think about the potential,
2: yeah, and I mean, I think part of it too. This offense is going to look different. Like any Packers offense without Aaron Rodgers for the last fifteen seasons, obviously is going to look different. But just the skill positions in general, like there was a, a a possibility at one point that this offense could have been Jordan Love, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis. Like you could have had a lot of those old prospects or old players come back and the vets to surround Jordan Love. I kind of like that the Packers went really young here and they're giving these guys time to develop and take control of the room, take ownership and say, you know, we were drafted high for a reason. This is what we'll bring to the table. And I think that's really exciting to think that this is an offense that hasn't even touched its ceiling. And especially knowing, you know, the, the, I don't know if you want to call them issues that Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers had about how they run an offense. This could be a, not just from a player perspective, but the way that the offense is run I think we will look very different in 2023. So fans will should be excited.
1: Yeah. I don't even know like what the ceiling of this team is yet. You know what I right. mean? Like they haven't even all gotten together who's presumably going to start. And I think that brings us really nicely toward the third pick because the Packers had like kind of three fun young receivers in the room last year. And now all of a sudden <laughs> it's only the three of them. And Christian Watson is really the only, like, true, you know, locked-up-his-spot starter, while I personally think Romeo Dobbs has as well. Um, the order in which and where they play and how much they play and all that is still, like, very open to for interpretation. And the Packers took wide receiver Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. Um, admittedly, not someone that I had watched before the draft. I know Ben Fennell was, like, super high on him, which is really fun because I think – of all the draft people that both know the draft super well and are really attuned to the Packers as a team for him to say, he likes that fit. Like I, I super trust Ben, but I watched Jaden Reed and he's fun. He's (laughs) super fun. Obviously from a size perspective, not totally a normal Packer, but they need a slot guy. So that fills a hole right there. And, but it wasn't until I watched him blocking at Michigan state that I was like, okay, now I see what they love about him. Cause he's a dog. Like he is a dog. He will run you to the ground as a blocker. It doesn't matter that he's not getting the ball. And I just think we make a lot of jokes, right. About blocking being such a need um, for the Packers to like really consider someone. But I also take it a step further, not to get a little like philosophical about it all, but like (laughs) if you're getting a guy who's a willing blocker who doesn't give a shit that like, he's not getting the ball that play that he's not even in the play, but he knows that he's key to making whatever's happening with the ball happen. That's a team player, right? That's a team first do your one eleventh 11th mentality player. And I think it says a lot about a guy, especially what the young ones who you're bringing into a new room to all kind of look around and say, okay, we're just pieces of this puzzle and no one's looking for like, you know, that spotlight, that moment, etc." So That's what I loved about him. I'm excited about it. I know Michigan State didn't really have a great offense last season, but again, like you said, this is about projection and ceiling, not really about what they did in college.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I I think it's so funny that when the pick was made, everyone's like, we're so excited about it. We love him, but we didn't even have him on our board because (laughs) the Packers have such specific metrics, right? Like They never take receivers under 200 pounds, and he's, I think, 187, 189. So I was like, Oh, just cross that off, you know, but he actually is a more traditional size slot and he's pretty tall 5'11". You know, he's right at the cusp. They've drafted shorter receivers, obviously Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers. Um, But I thought it was funny that everybody kept talking about his return ability, because obviously you're hoping you don't necessarily need him to do that. You've got Keyshawn (laughs) Nixon, the all pro, but he returned two punts for touchdowns in college. So Thinking about, you know, I like to call him the real head coach, Rich Pasaccia, and his uh, um, kind of his arm twisting of Goody. Special teams is going to look better too, which is going to again matter. We'll, we'll get on the soapbox very much later in the, the offseason, but it'll matter for a young quarterback. So just really smart move here by the Packers. Obviously, they're hoping that his production is more like his 2021 season where he had 10 touchdowns than 2022. But, you know, can't yeah. fault these guys just really exciting um not somebody I had on the board but somebody that I love for this offense somebody that's more traditional and I think that he could just Matt LaFleur is going to scheme him up some jet sweeps some motions. it's going to yeah. be exciting
1: yeah but I think also the diversity of his body size is good for this room you know what yes. I mean like as much as I love those bigger bodied receivers, like I think there's somebody at his size with his kind of agile ability. Like he can just do different things because he's smaller. Right. And and I think there's something to be said for that. And this wasn't even the only wide receiver that the Packers picked. We're going to get into them when we get to day three. But they took another wide receiver in round five, who I know is like a very Packers Twitter um, pick. Packers Twitter loves uh, Dontavian Wicks. And then they took another one um, later in round. S- nope. Yeah. Grant Abose, Charlotte, in round seven. So, like, they really rounded the room out like they always do at every level. But we got to talk about my favorite pick of the draft
2: <laughs> now. Somebody
1: um, snatched in our Dynasty League. I did. I snatched him <laughs> in our Dynasty League because Tucker Craft. Tight end, to go to state again. Packers double dip day three. I really or day two in their third round. I really, really hope he he is the one that breaks. You're
2: gonna get three. that jersey.
1: The round three curse. No, not yet. I gotta see him play first. But I love this pick. I love this pick. I just think he is again just such a Packers player. From like the way he was watching the draft unfold with his family to just, like, everything that he can do for this team, right? Like, this is the guy who, again, it's interesting because he's third-round pick and he's not the, like, kind of freak athletic traits guy, even though he has a very high-ras elite also all day long. Um, I think he's the guy that's going to come in and just, like, produce right away. You're just going to stick him in and he's going to play Y and he's going to catch a bunch of balls he's just going to be kind of, like, This is such a hard prediction of mine, but he's going to become like a little bit of a safety net, right? He's just going to be like big body, streak across the field, catch the balls from Jordan Love. He's got the, you know, yards after the completion kind of guy. Just done, easy, take the hits, make the blocks, do all the things, just total team player. I love it. I'm so excited about
2: it. It took me seeing him get the phone call in what I'm assuming is a garage (laughs) surrounded by his family, not anyone dressed up envisioning that there's crock pot somewhere and there's like Miller light off in the corner somewhere and some spotted cow. And I was like, yeah, this is the most Packer tight end that could ever be a Packer. And then he gets on his press, his call with the media and talks about how he's going to do a bunch of Lambo leaps and bears fans are going to hate it. And it just felt like such, such a green Bay move. And, you know, I, I said it on um, the Odyssey draft show with Baldy that, you know, Oh, the Packers aren't going to take, a wide receiver or a tight end in the first round for another 20 22 years and I said it like in jest like I I wasn't mad that that it wasn't a guy like JSN because the Packers have a way of finding these players in the later rounds and how can you look at their success in the second round with wide receivers and be mad at the players that they take in the first round like it just doesn't make sense so Tucker Craft you know he didn't have to be a Bubba Franks 2000 first round pick to go be really productive for this offense and like you said he can play anywhere had a really productive collegiate season actually was offered or collegiate career was offered more money to play elsewhere turned it down so just everything yeah. about him screams you know consummate professional i think he's he's gonna just do really good things for this offense as a rookie
1: yeah I totally agree. I love that he turned, not, not for nothing, by the way, the team that offered him more money to come play was Alabama. (laughs) So like, (laughs) um, yeah, so he's just, again, like stuck to his roots, stuck to his team loyalty, all of that. I just think on off the field, all these guys so far really excited about We're already 30 minutes in, so maybe for our day three, right, we can pick a couple guys that really stood out to us that we're excited about, and then maybe if you had a, if you have a head scratcher or a pick that you (laughs) necessarily weren't excited about, then we can do that. How about that? All right. So let's talk about some guys that really stood out to you on day three.
2: All right, so... I am so, so, so happy that this player got picked in the seventh round. I was really worried he was going to go undrafted, hoping that he would come to the Packers, but he was picked number 242 in the seventh round. Anthony Anthony Johnson Jr., the safety out of Iowa State, didn't realize <laughs> he was so beloved by Packers Twitter when I was pining for him all draft season long, but he was projected to go like late day three, or late day two, maybe late in the third, early in the fourth. So the fact that he slid to the, the seventh was really surprising to me. But what I like about this pick is that it addresses an area of need. Obviously the Packers need some depth and some help at safety, but it clearly, you can't call it a reach if it's the seventh round. Like they weren't going for need at that point. They were just going for the best player on their board. And he happened to be the best, best player, but played five seasons at Iowa state was a corner Actually, his first four seasons converted to safety for his senior year and played really, really well. But you know, like these guys that transition from corner have really good ball skills. He had 28 pass breaks up, pass breakups, four forced fumbles, three sacks, two picks, started 53 games in his career. was he's just an all-star human being, team captain for his career. Um, second team all big 12 this past year. Um, I just I think he's gonna come in honestly and be able to compete right away. And it seems silly to say that about a seventh round pick, but this is a room that's pretty wide open. You know, obviously they brought into various more. They have Rudy Ford, they have Darnell Savage, but he's gonna come in and compete and he's got the ball skills and that tenacity and that willingness as a tackler to to come in and make some noise. And I'm really excited to watch him in the preseason because I think he's gonna make Packers fans really excited.
1: Yeah. Um, I do wonder why he fell if he was, maybe he was just beloved by Packers fans because I (laughs) saw him all over my timeline, but I agree. I just think like for whatever reason he was there and they grabbed him and he could like very easily be a starter this year. And I don't say that out of like, you know, watching his film or, you know, his relative athletics score. I mean, simply because the Packers have no one in that room. (laughs) (laughs) and like the like you said the it's there for the taking right if he goes in and has a baller camp like that starting spot is there for the taking and I hope that he reaches and grabs for it I was also very excited about it obviously a position of need too um it just seems like a stand-up stand-up guy um I actually I loved what Packers did all around on day three Um, I think they grabbed, again, some guys' positions of need along the defensive line. Um, They potentially have their kicker of the future, which I don't know how I feel about drafting kickers. That's like my head scratcher, just like,
2: (laughs) why draft the kicker? Um, At least draft the 49ers, right, that took Moody in the third round. Yeah, like the third round, like,
1: why? Um, You know, got some depth at the running back position, always important. Um, I love the receivers they took in this draft. Obviously, mocked Grant DuBose from Charlotte when we did our draft. Um, But I just think Dontavian Wicks is fun, like so fun. And again, this is the guy who's got the size, right? He's over six foot one, he's over 200 pounds and has a rest score of over nine. And again, like you look at a guy who probably fell for a number of reasons, one being this class just wasn't like one of the top tier wide receiver classes. UVA obviously had a very, very difficult season um, for a number of different reasons, all kind of out of his control. But I think he just brings that like prototypical Packer type receiver body skill set like to this team. And they lost a bunch of their dudes. You know what I mean? They lost the Al Lazard type big body guy. um, And I just think he's gonna gonna be able to do that, Um, bring some juice. And again, I think similar to safety, Wide receiver is not as wide open, but you could be competing for this number two spot this offseason or easily the number three spot. Right, You're competing for like some real legit snaps. So don't be surprised if you're seeing Wicks on Sundays.
2: Yeah, and Wicks was one of those players that took a top 30 visit with the Packers. So we Mm -hmm. talked about it a couple weeks ago that the Packers... Didn't always historically follow this pattern, but when Goody brings guys in, he's normally pretty interested. Hit on I think five or six last season. Um, Antonio Mafi, the the offensive lineman, also came in as an undrafted free agent. So basically, when they bring players in, they are really interested in those players. So the Wix pick made a ton of sense. Um, let's just run through these really quick in case you know you happen to live under a rock. didn't hear fully who the Packers selected round four Colby wooden defensive lineman out of Auburn. He's kind of a tweener, but the Packers said that they will go ahead and play him on the defensive line, even though he could take some snaps off the edge and the fifth round, they had two picks. They took Sean Clifford, the quarterback out of Penn state. And then you mentioned Dontavian Wicks, the wide receiver out of Virginia, Sixth round, they took Anders Carlson, the younger brother of Daniel Carlson, who is very familiar with Rich Passaccia from his time being a kicker for the Raiders when Rich was the interim coach there. So kicker out of Auburn. Um, Carrington Valentine in the seventh round, a corner out of Kentucky. Uh, Lou Nichols, a running back out of Central Michigan. Anthony Johnson, Jr., the safety out of Iowa State. And then Grant DeBose, the wide receiver out of Charlotte. So they also took Carl Brooks. From Bowling Green. Yeah, I don't have his sheet up. I don't know why that happened, but I um actually it's like Carl okay. The Packers
1: took 13 players, so that's a lot of players <laughs> to remember.
2: <laughs> I actually really like Carl Brooks a lot. I think that he was one of those players that kind of gets like overshadowed by being at a smaller school where your competition's not as good. And I think it was I can't remember who did his presser after he was selected, but what he had said was when you play for a smaller school, you want to see them just dominate their competition. Like when you play for the SEC or a Big Ten school, you know, you can get pushed around and you can push some people around. But when you play for Bowling Green, you need to dominate at all levels. And that's what Carl Brooks did. He dominated everyone that he played against, which is really exciting.
1: Yeah, it is. And again, I just think like beefed up the depth on defensive line, grabbed a safety beat Got depth and wide receiver position, grabbed another cornerback, grabbed another running back, just like really hit all the holes. Um, Obviously, the one couldn't be perfect. The one (laughs) asterisk to this draft was that for some reason, the Packers decided to take Sean Clifford in the fifth round. People were very upset about it. My father included. To be honest (laughs) with you. I could not care less if he was a UDFA, a fifth round pick, whatever. The dude's a backup quarterback. There was a run on quarterbacks. They decide to grab him. Should they have wasted a pick on him? Who knows? I don't think it matters, right? He's literally older than Jordan Love. Like he's not, this is not meaningful. Like I said earlier, darts on a dart board. So be it.
2: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I know that he was very polarizing and I understand that he was like 420th on the consensus big board, right? Like there's 259 picks. So clearly the logic is that they could have taken him as an undrafted free agent and all would have been fine. But I don't remember. I wish I remembered what analysts said it on Twitter, but it's the Brock Purdy effect, right? Mystery relevant comes out and is probably going to win the starting job in San Francisco at quarterback over a first round pick. So this idea that you can find these gems, On day three, a quarterback, I understand it. And if you have a guy you like wasting, quote unquote, wasting a fifth round pick on a quarterback that doesn't pan out or becomes your Matt Flynn, no real loss. And we knew we talked about it right with Stetson, Stetson Bennett, Hendon Hooker. The Packers wanted a backup quarterback who was a little bit older. You mentioned he's older than Jordan Love. He played five seasons at Penn State, won a championship has a ton of experience and these moments aren't too big for him and that's what the packers wanted they didn't want someone who's played like two seasons red-shirted and has come into the nfl kind of, i don't want to say afraid because these guys are never afraid of their Rain opportunity a tree. But, right like Rain it's a just, tree. it so i i didn't have a problem with it either i mean i understand people not loving it but
1: it just kind of is what it is to me um, like you said, he fits actually all the needs of a backup QB. You just listed them. He beat out Will Levis for the job <laughs> famously. So again, like our goal here is that Sean Clifford never sees a meaningful snap.
2: <laughs> if he does, we have bigger problems. Yeah,
1: exactly. All right. So give me, give me your, your thoughts. We've digested, right? This, this episode is coming out now a number of days after the draft has ended. We've been able to digest these picks. Like, how are we feeling about the class, just about impending camp, about the season? I think we've touched on a little bit, but this is a new chapter. Like, this is officially now a new chapter. You know what I mean? I think the draft ends and it's like, here are Jordan Love's weapons.
2: Yeah, it's, I think that's that's the biggest thing, right? We're not going into this like, oh man, they didn't get Aaron Rodgers any weapons. You know, like, this is Jordan loves offense. Now it's his team. And I think that, I think I I appreciated the Packers staying true to who they are as an organization, a franchise, because I can, I would be willing to bet, you know, any Packers fan listening to this, if Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback in 2023, this draft falls exactly the same way. And if the Packers come away with six weapons on offense, are you saying they don't do enough to surround the quarterback with talent? I don't think you're saying that just because he doesn't have a first round label, the Packers did a lot here. They took depth at the defensive line, grabbed a safety. They have a kicker of the future because Mason Crosby remains a free agent. They have a backup quarterback. They brought in six weapons for Jordan love. They have an edge rusher of the future to pair with Rashawn Gary, the holes that we've talked about on this show ad nauseum for months now really feel like they're filled. You can argue that there's some spots. Maybe the depth is a little suspect. We'll talk about those in the coming weeks. Obviously we've got undrafted free agents to talk about, but, for knowing what this team is, knowing what the cap situation was, and acquiring 13 picks and nailing, you know, I want 90% of them, potentially 100% of them, as far as where there needed to be bodies in rooms. I have no qualms with this draft. I can't think of a negative thing to say. If, if your biggest complaint is that they maybe wasted a fifth round pick, a lot of first round or fifth round picks that get wasted every single year. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm really, really excited. I think it feels real now that the season is coming up. Um, I said it earlier and I'm just going to like highlight it again before we wrap up. This is a young team now, right? We've been operating with kind of this old old regime type mentality this run it back mentality right get him one more before the window closes mentality and like now the vision like the view is wide open they just have all of these young players to play around with and move around and build around this young quarterback like I don't know what the window is. There's no window. It's a door. It's so big. You can walk through it. It just should be very, very exciting for Packers fans to kind of watch them rebuild this team. Cause again, I'll say it. They're in rebuild mode. Sorry. Like, they are officially.
2: They're so, in rebuild mode, but they could still win the NFC North. I'm going to say it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I, people have a lot of issues with the way the Packers do their roster building And I have to say draft and develop has led them to have a pretty solid foundation for a brand new quarterback to come in and take the helm of this team and win games. Like, do I think that this team is going to win the NFC North? No, probably not. But could they be a 500 team easily? Yeah. And I think for a first year starter, that's a really nice place to be at and they were a 500 team last year with Aaron Rodgers. So I just think focusing on how young and just like, I don't want to say futuristic, because that doesn't sound right, but (laughs) I mean the future is wide open here for this team, and I think that's really exciting.
2: Yeah. I mean, for all the talk of propping a window open and trying to squeeze through it before it shuts, we now have the opportunity to see a window kind of propped up. And if Jordan Love pans out, then your window is open for a very, very long time. And if he doesn't, which I don't want to really talk about, you still have surrounded whoever is the quarterback in two years with a lot of young talent that will be on the roster for a really long time. And that's the point of this. Goody always plans for the now and the future. And he's always put the team in a really fortunate position to not need to be reaching and concerned. And I think he, this draft is a a perfect example of that, where he just took the best player available and still came away with probably all of the players that he actually wanted.
1: Yeah, All right, that does it. This is your draft (laughs) recap. Um, It is over. We've got some more off season to go, but camp and scouting out these guys now and see seeing what they got. I know I'm going to deep dive a little bit more into each of them in the coming weeks, and I can't wait.
2: Yeah, this was a lot of fun. We talked longer than maybe we thought we would, but it's it's what we do. We loved this draft class. So, all right, thank you as always for listening to the show. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at. PWSS Podcast. You can find us on other social media platforms at Pax What She Said. Make sure you download and subscribe everywhere you find your favorite podcasts on every platform. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. We will hopefully have a schedule release episode next week. I can't wait to find out when the schedule drops. I can't wait to get back to Lambo Field. Um, tons of shows planned for you regarding undrafted free agents. Um, maybe some guests in the works. Um, We just appreciate you listening and following along with all of our Packers content. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. And as always, Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.